Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod look, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to talk about the biggest news from around the sports world, especially college football. In our main event segment, we will be giving our five ways to fix college football. Uh, and that's, of course, in our opinion. There's plenty of ways to fix college football. Uh, and some probably would say that don't fix it at all. But at the end of the show, Brad is actually going to bring us a series called God of Miracles. He's going to bring it to the golden point of faith at the end of the episode. Um, and he's going to relate it to miracles uh, of sorts that, ha- that has happened in sports. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of miracles that's happened in sports. I think, uh, I think every time that we have a miracle that happens in sport, Brad, we, we get chills and we get, uh, we get goosebumps and we get, we, we are very, you know, loud and we, we, you know, it's obvious that we enjoy them, but you know, if, if, if God would have committed the miracles that, that are in the Bible, uh, in today's world. I guess maybe a, a, a prelude to, to what you're going to talk about is would we be that excited, as excited as we are whenever there's miracles in sports? Anyway, so, I, it, you know, I, I'm definitely not the person to, uh, to preach over here, that's for sure. But let's get started then, Brad. Uh, first and foremost, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today, man. It's been a crazy day. Uh, like it's been nonstop, but uh, it's been great, man. I'm, I'm, good, I'm glad we're able to get on and talk a little bit about sports take a break from uh, reality for a little bit. That is true. That is true. Uh, though, uh, reality uh, has definitely kind of, I guess, put itself into sports. I mean, uh, we have the Washington Redskins. They officially announced today that they are going to officially change their name. They're going to retire the Redskins name. Um, this is something that has been – this is something for, for years, I think – um, probably since the 90s, right, at least, where people have had an issue with this name and uh, they're finally going to change it. Whether we agree with them changing it or not, um, whether we think that, you know, it should stay there or it should or it should stay the same or it should change, I think the thing is, is um, you know, I think it does enter into a new era. Uh, and it's something that I think a lot of people, I don't think anyone's going to, you know, stand behind completely, put everything into keeping it. And so, um, but I think there's a lot of people who might put everything into get, getting rid of it. So, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, so they, they are expected to change their name. They're officially going to retire the Redskins name. Now that's probably not going to happen until next off season. So they're going to go through this whole year uh, probably as the Redskins, I would assume um, just because it's so late in the, in the off season. Um, maybe they change it up, but I, I, I would think that that'd be kind of quick. Uh, but Hey, you know, I mean, that's, that's why you have technology and all that. I mean, you can do things fast and, um, but yeah. So Brad, what suggestions do you like for the Redskins? Let's rename the Redskins. Let's say what we think that they sound good as there's been the Warriors, the Red Wolves, the Red Tails, the, um, I've even seen the Hogs being thrown out there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. but something you know what what would you like and then also the Cleveland Indians they they've discussed they've had talks of changing their name 
I know it's not much has been really discussed with them, though. Um, but either way, they may also be changing their name. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so what, what would you like to Washington Redskins to uh, change their name to? Yeah, so I, I've just been thinking about this a little bit as far as names and logos and everything else in between. And honestly, uh, I really like the Warriors. Uh, the Red Wolves are, are weird to me. Uh, maybe there's wolves there back in the 1700s. Uh, there's not anymore. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the Washington Zoo. You're going to do that. You can call yourselves the Pandas. Uh, you know, uh, as far as the generals go, I mean, the Senators, uh, all those names have been thrown out there. Uh, they're all cool, but I think th with the artwork that I've seen, even though it's been fan artwork, and the names I've seen, the Warriors seems really cool. I, I like there's a fan art that I saw. It was a W and had the uh, arrow on the bottom of it. And it seemed really basic, but just the color scheme of it, everything, it looks great. And, and, and if you want to ask about should they change their colors, I would say no. Uh, they have one of the most iconic uh, uniforms historically uh, in the league. I mean, there are some cool ones out there like Seahawks and stuff like that, some newer ones. Uh, but, but even going back to when, when the NFL merged, AFL and NFL became the NFL, uh, the rest of uh, uniform is pretty, pretty cool to me. I, I don't think there's any need to change the colors. I don't think that's what people are mad about. It's, it's the using the racial slur uh, as, as your, your mascot name. So, uh, yeah, I've heard this morning that, you know, this has kind of actually gone back, uh, back even to the 70s and 80s, that people asking for them to change their name. Uh, but, you know, money talks. And uh, so FedEx pulling out and uh, their, their investors, you know, trying to get $678 billion raised and get the other people to pull out. Uh, yeah, that, that, that will talk and that will get the name change. You know, for Dan Snyder to sit there and say, uh, well, we just need to think about it. Uh, I think FedEx was able to express, uh, no pun intended, but, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, that thought process for Dan Snyder. Uh, he hasn't been the best manager. I had a friend uh, here in Oklahoma City that's from Washington, D.C., uh, grew up as a Redskins fan. And he even says, like, with the, the stadium location and, and just the management in general, uh, the Washington Redskins are losing even a lot of fans in the Washington area. A lot of them are actually starting to become Baltimore Raven fans and whatnot. So, uh, so anyway, in saying that, uh, I think this you, you have to do it now. Uh, I think, we, like you said, we have the technology of a FedEx turning in the pool and everything else. I think it's going to happen before the season starts. Uh, so it might be a little bit of a rush name. But at the same time, like, I don't know how much you can really sit there if you have like five options and really dwell on, okay, which one is really the best? Well, we can still honor the Native Americans through the warrior – uh, name uh, because I, they weren't savages, even though that's what people thought back in the when America when Europeans first they came over here. But they they fought for their families, they fought for their land, uh, and like for example, the Apaches. I mean, they're known as being a very aggressive, uh, you know, fight first kind of people. I, I don't. To me, may not just be an ignorant white guy, but to me, I think Warriors is a really good name. So I like Warriors a lot. Um, it's probably the thing that I probably. Uh, was biggest on first and foremost, but um, I also like personally. I, I like the Red Wolves. I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, maybe just maybe instead of putting red with it, maybe just wolves. Um, I thought that that'd be kind of cool. Uh, red tails. I, I think that you know that's been thrown out there. I think they were. Um, I, I don't want to get my history wrong. I believe that they were a an African American like pilots maybe in world war ii something like that i, I want to say I, when I think of red tails in history i think of the you know the red, the red tails were part of the revolutionary war like they were known by the red tails of their coats but um. right right yeah i, I want to say i want to say there was something else um again this is a it could be i don't know podcast yeah mm -hmm. we're, we're definitely not a history podcast definitely not a history buff that's for sure 
Um, anyways, so I, I like that name too. But yeah, I, I like the Warriors, and you and you explained it well. I mean, um, I really couldn't put it better myself. I do like the Warriors, and I, I've seen some things, um, a couple of leaks out, and I, I don't want to put that out there. I don't want to be you know fake news or anything like that. But uh, I've seen some leaks that say the Red Wolves is kind of the it's kind of like the the main uh, choice at the moment, and um, and that's what's going to be picked. But I, you know, I don't know. Um, it, this is something you know. The Redskins name has been around for eighty years. Uh, well, not eighty mm-hmm. years. Be uh, it's been around for a while though. Yeah, at fifty years, sixty, fifty years, something like that. Um, and so yeah, it's it's just like, hey, sure, it's time to change, but at the same time, like. I mean, whatever name you pick, it's going to be around for a long time, most likely. And, um, and yeah. So, anyways, Brad, let's digress. Let's talk about the MLS. The Major League Soccer is back, Brad. I know you're a huge soccer guy. Uh, you know, you uh, – well, you, you work with a guy who's big on soccer. That's for sure, Van. Um, but, so, MLS is back. We got golf. We got NASCAR. Now we have the MLS. Hockey's coming back at the beginning of August. Uh, uh, NBA and MLB is coming back at the end of July, uh, you know, uh, Lord willing, of course. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot to say about the MLS. I mean, I am watching more than I probably would have if it wasn't this circumstance. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, another sport on TV, Brad, to me, that's cool. I like it. Yeah, the uh, Toronto and D.C. game was on at work earlier uh, this morning in the lobby. And uh, I, wa- I watched as much as I could of it. I I, kinda, I do like soccer. I'm not as vocal as maybe some others about soccer. I love the World Cup. Uh, I grew up going to the Philadelphia Kicks, if you remember them. When the MLS first started way back, you know, 25 years ago, uh, they were the Philadelphia Kicks. I went to a lot of their games. Uh, I, I like soccer. I just There's not really an MLS, MLS team around me. You'll get one soon in Nashville. Um, but um, – but over here in Oklahoma City, there's not one. I mean, there's a there's a amateur league, OKC Energy FC. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, the games besides the Columbus Cincinnati game, uh, which happened Saturday, uh, that was a 4-0 victory for Columbus. Uh, every game has been within one score or a tie. I mean, Toronto and, and DC earlier ended in a tie today at 2-2, and so it's either been one nothing or or two two to one, or I think there's one maybe two to nothing, uh, or two to one. Yeah, two to one. So I mean. Besides the 4-0 game, they've been really competitive matches to watch. And, again, like you said, sports are back. So, uh, and I think this is great for the MLS. They, they've been struggling with, with, with uh, fans outside the international uh, fan base. Uh, and so I think this is good for them to maybe grab some American, like, nat, like American fans because, again, you're based in America. And, and don't get me wrong, there is a lot of internationals in America. Uh, but you want to kind of grab some of that, you know, n- I don't know. I'm trying not to be offensive. If I am, I'm sorry. But I mean, you want to you want to grab those. I want you want to grab those who aren't naturally into your sport, or you don't think soccer is a bit sport. I mean, this is a time they they have nothing else to watch. So why not watch MLS? I agree. I, I agree completely. And Nashville, by the way, uh, they do have a they do have an MLS team now. Um, mm-hmm. They were not them in Dallas did not uh, get to compete in this uh, restart or in this uh, tournament of sorts because they. Um, well, they just – I mean, they had too many players test positive for COVID, I believe oh, okay. it was. Um, but Nashville, you know, interesting story. Uh, we went to a Predators game. We went to the Pre- Nashville Predators game. The first night that Nashville SC had a had a game at Nissan Stadium. And, you know, the thing was is I, 
I was surprised. If you're a soccer fan watching this, I genuinely will tell you, I was surprised about how many fans were there. I mean, we walked down Broadway, and you're thinking, oh, there's probably a lot of Predators fans. You know, it's a Predators home game, yada, yada, yada. And, and, and you know, Bridgestone Arena is right there off of Broadway. No, honestly, I mean, I think there was more National SC fans there, and I believe they played Atlanta, and so there was a lot of Atlanta fans okay. there. So maybe that was part of the thing was, hey, they came from Atlanta. Atlanta's only a short three, three, four-hour drive, I think, from Nashville. I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, so, uh, again, we're not a geography, a geography uh, podcast either. So Or English <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, sometimes, sometimes we're not an English podcast either. Because <laughs> I, I, things are wrong. I get mixed up. Anyway, so – uh, again, the MLS is back, and uh, we're very excited about that. And hopefully, um, listen, I, I hope that they gain new fans from this. I think they will uh, for the foreseeable future. I think they, they just have a kind of a bad luck. They come in during a time of March Madness, and then, you know, during a time of, like, the NBA and NHL is really popping, and uh, the MLB is getting going. I think, you know, the MLS being during the summer – when there's not much going on, maybe it's a, maybe it's a good thing. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So um, let's go to our next topic, which was a topic that last on last week's episode. If you haven't checked it out, by the way, uh, with Tyler Smith, we kind of gave our NBA predictions and whatnot. Um, we didn't really talk on the touch on the news, and so that's one reason why we're kind of bringing up the Redskins, the MLS being back, yada yada yada, and also uh, the Patrick Mahomes contract, Brad. Wow, that, that's really all I could say. I, he got 10 years. He got an MLB-type contract, Brad. Um, awesome. I mean, listen, I, hey, I'm, I'm all for anybody who is going out there and going to collect their chickens, as Marshawn Lynch would say, because the thing is, is Patrick Mahomes is great. I mean, he's great. I, I mean, you can – I think it's crazy to say that he's the greatest of all time already. You can't say that. But I think that he really – if if he if he continues the way he is, I think he'll blow he'll blow that conversation out of the water. I mean, if he if in ten years he's still as good as he is now, which he probably won't be, you know, he won't be as mobile and whatnot, I'm sure. But if he continues to just improve, I mean, he's he's right now better than a lot of guys who were in their prime, um, you know. And so, yeah, I, I mean, you can't say the goat conversation either because I, I feel like Tom Brady's the greatest of all time and he's still playing. So, I mean, you can't – and maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. But, anyway, so Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, I listened to his contract. It was for 10, for 10 years, a contract extension. So, really, it's 12 years. And over that 12 years, uh, he could reach up to over $5.2 million. Uh, and I, maybe there's some incentives with that also. I think that there – I think the incentives would make it go over half a billion or half a – yeah, half a billion. And um, – and so, yeah, I, I think that it's – I think it's awesome. I mean, I listen, some people think that athletes get paid way too much money, and I'm just like, well, first of all, if you think athletes get paid too much money, then you got to see what the teams make. Because if you think the athletes get paid more too much money, then, then, then that means the team's just going to take that money. And I'm sorry, but the athletes are what, who makes them that money. Uh, he deserves it, though, and I'm happy for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. Great. I mean, great for him. 
Uh, I think that he's going to do um, – I think that he can continue to be great. But here, here's here's my things on it. And, Brad, you can kind of give me the thoughts on the extension too. But um, 10 years is a long time – or 12 years, really. Uh, do you really think that it's going to reach the end of that contract before, you know, maybe a restructuring or it gets traded or even released or anything? I don't think he'll get released. But, I mean, uh, well, I mean, he could. But, um, I mean, do you think that – barring injury. Does it reach the end of that contract before uh, before anything happens? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for us to get the crystal ball out here and think, uh, you know, we, we know all the answers. We know what the future's going to look like. And we don't. Um, that's part of sports. But uh, for me, I'd be really surprised. Like, like you even said, I mean, 12, 10, 12 years, I mean, that's a long time. In football, in football world, that's a long time. Um, so for me, just off the, the facts of the length of the contract, the nitty-gritty of the NFL, uh, life changes, whatnot. Uh, I think there probably will be a restructuring at some point. Uh, will that be six years in a row, eight years on the road, you know, four years on the road? I, I don't know. I, I can't sit here and tell you it's going to happen six years from now. I, I don't know that. But I do think at some point before the end of the extension is up uh, that, you know, there's going to be some kind of restructuring. And not because I think Patrick Mahomes is going to turn into this, you know, washed-up second-string quarterback. Uh, but you, like you said, you got to put in there age and, and just the physicality of the game and, and everything else, you know. Um, and, and I think for me, I think the biggest winner out of this is actually Lamar Jackson. Because if Lamar Jackson does well again this year, you better believe that he's probably going to be asking for the same kind of money that Patrick Mahomes does. So uh, you can say, well, Patrick Mahomes is a winner. Yeah, he's set for life. He's definitely a winner. Uh, but I think a winner out of this, if Lamar Jackson do another you know, MVP-like year, I think he's up for a big payday and he'll use Patrick Mahomes' uh, contract as leverage. You're right. You're right. And, you know, here's the thing, too. The way the Chiefs – the way the Chiefs made that contract I thought was great, Brad, because the way that the Chiefs made that contract was, you know, it's going to work with them. Yeah, it's great for Patrick Mahomes, but it's also going to work with them. Um, and the salary cap's only continuing to go up, okay? We, we think that this is a huge contract for Patrick Mahomes. It is, but honestly – when that contract's up, like let's say we're in year eight, he's probably not even going to be in the top 15. Uh, I mean, maybe in the top 15, probably not in the top 10 of, of, you know, biggest contracts as far as quarterbacks. And maybe even, I mean, defensive ends are getting up there too. Um, and, uh, and wide receivers could get up there as well. Uh, now, mm-hmm. a wide receiver maybe is only as good as a quarterback, maybe. But then again, maybe a quarterback's only as good as a wide receiver. So, but anyways, nonetheless, I, uh, I digress on that. Um, before we jump into the college football talk, we're going to take a break before we do that. But I want to announce that next week's episode, we're going to start with the NFL previews, Brad. Uh, I say that like you don't already know. But anyways, uh, the, NFC, the AFC and the NFC West is up first. Um, don't be mad at us that maybe your team's not go up first. Listen, uh, if your team wins the – if your team wins the Super Bowl, then uh, look, they get the grandest prize of all, and that is they get to be on uh, Golden Point Sports NFL Preview first. I mean, that's just how it works. I'm sorry. So your team just has to win the Super Bowl. That's all. Okay? Forget about the Lombardi Trophy. You want to be first when it comes to uh, getting previewed by the Golden Guys. Without further ado, though, let's go to a break. We're going to take a break. When we come back from that break, we're going to talk a little college football. All right, Brad, we are back to talk some college football. There's a lot going on in college football, that's for sure. I'm going to read this kind of like we did in the previews of uh, of 
<laughs> when we were doing the college football preview. And, it, folks, I, I told Brad a, a couple of – I think it was like a week ago or whenever this came out, I told him uh, – I told him, I said, man, I'm so glad that we got those previews done. Because if we didn't get those previews done, I, I don't know what we would have been talking – I mean, because we would have been talking about it, but it would have been uh, – you know, listen, those are still great previews, okay, whether or not you go – whether or not there is only conference games, those are still great previews. So go check them out. Um, you can find them on, on our YouTube channel. You can find them on the podcast feed, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, you know, just about anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find us. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so let's jump into college football talk. The Ivy League has canceled about – has canceled all of their fall sports, which includes football. Now, that's not that big of a deal, in my opinion, because the Ivy League – you know, they don't really depend on, like, TV deals and whatnot to pay for their sports. They're, they're Ivy League schools. I mean, sports is, yeah, it's, it's an activity for them, sure. Um, but I do think that that is a trickle-down effect, Brad. I think that whenever it comes to, you know, March Madness, when it came around, the Ivy Leagues, they were the first ones to cancel. They were the first ones to say they're not going to participate a trickle-down effect, and whenever the trickle-down effect happens, um, apparently it starts with the Ivy League, and well, when you're the Ivy League and you're, well, I guess you're the smartest conference because you are the Ivy League nonetheless, then um, then maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're the smartest people by canceling first um, and, and just, you know, not living in just the hope that there's going to be a season, which we all hope there is, but, but it is different for the Ivy League, don't get me wrong, it is different, um, for instance, I mean, the Big Ten, they depend on that money from TVs. The SEC depends on that money from just watching the game on TV, you know, uh, putting that game on TV. But the Big Ten, they have went to a conference-only schedule, Brad. Um, I know you're I know you're, you're very sad because you're not going to be able to see your Penn State Nittany Lions versus those Virginia Tech uh, uh, guys over there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Hokies. There we go. Uh, and uh, – and, yeah, you, but the thing is, is this is going to cancel 42 non-conference games. And I've already brought the Penn State game. But this also, this is going to be some big games. Oregon versus Ohio State, Michigan versus Washington, Wisconsin versus Notre Dame, Iowa versus Iowa State, and among others. But by the way, Brad, what's up with canceling Iowa versus Iowa State? I, I mean, they're in the same state. Like, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. They're not in conference with each other, but I mean, they're in the same state. They could mm-hmm. just drive to each other. It's like going over to grandma's house to play with your cousins, but saying, no, if you're not going to come to my house, then you can't, then we're not going to meet in between. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like, no, man, like, no, you, you know, like, I, I don't get it. They should be able to play, hey, but whatever. I digress. Maybe they should be in the same conference. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that's the issue. But, uh, but nonetheless, um, also the ACC, they're meeting tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, the, what is that, the 14th, right? Um, we're recording this on Monday the 13th, and they're going to discuss, uh, they're going to discuss things like, like, you know, conference only schedule, but uh, they have made, they have said that they won't make a formal decision until late July, um, so uh, but, I mean, it's about middle July. Maybe they could change their mind. I mean, it's only about a week away from being late July, honestly, or a week or so. So, um, but if they do do it, they've already said that they would include Notre Dame. 
hey, good for Notre Dame. They get some games. I don't know where BYU and others are going to plan on going, uh, BYU especially. The Pac-12 is expected to go to only uh, – to go to – is expected to go to a conference-only model. They're expected to do it. Um, that's listen. I think that that might not be too bad for for um, that might not be too bad for the Pac-12. Honestly, I, I I mean because the thing is is I mean if they're trying to get in the college football playoff, if Oregon, who's presumed to be your best team, gets you know railroaded by Ohio State, and then they railroad the entire Pac-12 then it's obvious that the Pac-12 doesn't deserve to be in uh, over like an Ohio State, for instance. So I, I just, um, yeah, I just think that, I just think that Pac-12, this actually might be a good thing for them. Um, but again, they could still play. There's some other teams that they could probably play over in the, over in the West Coast. Uh, probably worse for them than anybody else, though, I would think. So the SEC and the Big 12, um, they're basically just going to wait and see, Brad. Um, I mean, that's just how they are. I think the SEC, the SEC especially, is probably going to be the last one to pull the plug on anything. Uh, I mean, their they're diehard fans do not believe in this COVID-19 mess. So, um, and, and I'm not trying to get political or anything, but that's just how it is. I mean, um, and they're going to, they're going to pander to, the, to, the, to their fans, which I get. Um, maybe pander is not the right word, but nonetheless – so, but I have saw where the Tennessee Vols and the Charlotte 49ers, uh, they're going to go ahead with their scheduled game, which is the first week of the season. Uh, but, so, Brad, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, to me, or just go ahead with what are your thoughts on this first? Yeah, um, I think we talked about this a little bit. You know, if it's within driving distance, uh, I don't see the, the point of canceling it. I mean, you got to think, even if you're in conference, like if you're a Rutgers, you got to fly out to Wisconsin. You know, if you're playing Wisconsin during the year, I mean, you're going several states. You're probably going to have to fly, go through the airport. Uh, so when it's things like that, I, I don't quite get it. I, I, it's confusing to me. I, I'm just going to be real honest and transparent with you in, in the golden world. Like, I just – I don't get why we're canceling non-conference games. Yet, uh, you know, West Virginia has to travel. You know, I think their closest matchups like like 850 miles away, you know. Like, so uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I think that, you know, you should – if you're going to play games, just play the schedule. Um, and maybe maybe you risk – you know, maybe you cut out the FCS and the, the, the group of five. And I know those people have already commented on our statuses on how you – know, that's how they get their money and that's how they get supported. And I, I get that. I get that. But, you know, it's COVID. And nothing, nothing's been the same. You know, it's – 2020 has been a year that we're all going to throw away and hope that 2021 is going to be an amazing year. Uh, so, but yeah, so honestly, uh, I don't mind the conference only, I guess I just don't get the conference only statement, uh, but not, but, but not to play the non-conference because of travel. But like I said, I mean, your Rutgers playing Wisconsin you're, or say you're West Virginia and you're playing, um, Texas tech, you know, like, I mean, you're traveling almost to the other side of the country. Uh, cause I mean, it's in Lubbock, it's in West Texas. Um, and they're on the, they're practically on the East coast. So. Uh, I don't quite get it, and, and so as far and as far as Notre Dame all goes, uh, Notre Dame will probably play ACC just because that's their sort of primary schedule anyway. That's what they are in basketball. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State, I think I put it sent to you. It's a two-hour drive. I don't quite get that. Again, like, could they be in the same conference? Sure, but I think the Big Ten likes Iowa's consistency a little too much uh, to, to let Iowa go to the Big Twelve. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't get the cancellation if you can literally drive on a bus by yourself, isolated, you know, team only 
to, to another stadium uh, two hours away. And then for BYU, I mean, I think they'll play Mountain, Mountain West Conference. I, I thought for some reason they were in there. That, that's the majority of their schedule, too, is Mountain West Conference. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll play Utah because it's the Holy War, and they'll play a couple other other uh, big schools. But for the most part, I think most of theirs is Mountain West uh, Conference. And so, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you're like, Brad, you still haven't made, a, you haven't made any sense. I think I'm just still on the page of I don't quite understand why it's conference only uh, and, and we're, we're letting go of the non-conference games, but uh, our conference, some of our conference opponents are, are 2,000 miles away. So, I, I agree. I agree with you there. And, yeah, I, I don't see why teams – you know, maybe it's too late for it, but um, I think that – I think that if teams could play in like a maybe a region or zone that's maybe like a four to five hour drive, like and here's the thing, you know, Notre Dame playing the ACC, what's up with that? Like, I mean, couldn't they just play in the Big Ten? Aren't they like two hours away from, like, from Michigan? I mean, I, I, like, I, I just I don't get that either. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm flabbergasted by it and I agree with what you said um I agree with what you said that I don't get I I like I understand why they would only play conference only you know it's something that when we get to our changing around of college football uh maybe I'm a big fan of only playing conference or at least playing more conference games but the thing is is coming out and saying oh, well, we're only going to play conference only because of location issues. But then you got Rutgers going to Wisconsin, West Virginia going to Texas Tech, Notre Dame going down to Miami. Come on. Come on. I mean, like, they're going to drive that way? Because if Notre Dame's going to drive down to Miami, hey, there's some really good places to stop in Nashville to eat if you're going to drive down there. Uh, Hattie B's, you know. Uh, barbecue. There's plenty of barbecue. Anyways, that's beside the that's beside the point. Yeah, I mean Pitt down to Miami too. It's just it's crazy how it's just it's crazy. I mean, again, it's probably too late in the game to change every to change the conferences around, change everything around, and say let's go four or five hours away from each other. Let's do that. You know, it's probably too late to do that, and I get it. I mean. It's just how it is, I guess. And that's just how it's going to be. It's just how it is. And yeah, it is what it is. I, I digress on this whole subject. Uh, I probably digress. I probably said I digress way too much in, uh, on this podcast so far. But it, it's just crazy to me, Brad. It really is. And, um, again, if maybe if it wasn't too late um, in the ball, you know, maybe if it wasn't too late in the game, Maybe things would be different. I mean, I think that there needs to be a whole realignment with the of these conferences, anyways. Some of these conferences, West Virginia playing the Big Twelve. Come on, really? Like, you know, Rutgers playing in the Big Ten. Really? Like, you know, it's just uh, um, who who. Uh, there's another one too. I'm I'm trying to you know I'm trying to think like Notre Dame even going to ACC. It, come on, really playing mostly. I mean. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, you do have like, you have other, you have like the Mizzou in the SEC. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just more flabbergasted by that because like Missouri's a Southern state. When did that happen? 
Like, I mean, come on now. Like, I've been, I've been to St. Louis and Missouri plenty of, a few times, and I don't know. It doesn't get, uh, it doesn't get more southern as I go up from Tennessee. It always, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. So, nonetheless, we're gonna jump into our main event segments, um, Brad. Our main event segment is something I, I got the idea. I, I'll be straight up honest with you. Got the idea from Colin Cowherd. Uh, listen, I like Colin Cowherd. Don't don't shoot don't shoot me for that. Don't shoot the messenger for that or anything like that. I like Colin Cowherd, and a lot of people don't. Okay, uh, but I like him. Uh, sometimes he's got some he's got some off the wall takes. But people, what you got to realize is, and we're in the media too. I mean, now granted, we're definitely we don't we don't have the kind of we don't have just the attention grabbing takes that most media outlets have. But Colin Cowherd says a lot of things just to grab your attention. I mean, that's that's what he does. I, I mean. He made a list. He it was uh, if he could be president for a day, what was the five things he changed? Um, I don't have those five things in front of me, but we're going to we're going to do the same thing. So our main event segment is to list five things that we would change to make college football better. Now these could be permanent or temporary changes. The temporary temporary could be years, um, you know, for such things as this year. Or it can be put into place for other years, such as this year. Um, so, but let's start at five, Brad, and go to one. I'll give my five, you give your five, I'll give my four, you give your four. You know, you know we'll just kind of go back and forth. So my fifth one is, and by the way, folks, Brad and I may have the same ones. If we do, that just means that two great minds are, are having the same opinion, okay? All right. <laughs> Nonetheless, we are golden. Am I right? All right, so – Number five for me is when a player has a long-term injury, Brad, that may even end his playing career, his or her, okay, this is not – well, I'm sorry, this is college football, so I guess it would be his. But at some point, there could be hers. There could be women. And at some point, hey, listen, if they're good enough, let's play college football, shall we? But when a, when a player has a long-term injury that may end his playing career, his scholarship isn't taken from him. Um, for example, this would be like a hardship type scholarship, Brad. I, I like this idea, uh, because the thing is, is there's a lot of players out there, man, they, they, they get hurt and they might be hurt, you know, for the rest of their lives. And then, you know, listen, there's only so many scholarships that you can hand out. And, um, and the team might decide, well, Hey, since you're not playing for us anymore, but I just think that that's, it's like, Hey, you know, he got injured by playing the game that you gave him a scholarship for. Now, it was unfortunate on both ends that he got injured. But, I mean, like, yeah, I just like the fact that I want the, that guys who get injured, I want them to keep their scholarship. I think that that would be great. Yeah, I think five for me is really uh, paying the, the athlete. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying, obviously, Patrick Mahomes type numbers, but – uh, make it livable. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of former athletes we have on the show. Uh, I have several friends who have played in, in college level. Um, and I know some people who have quit. They've gone on, they got a scholarship, but they literally had nothing but class and, like, sport. So football, basketball, volleyball, you throw in whatever sport. And so, I mean, realistically, I mean, I think it's funny because we're like, oh, we only see them as entertainment value. But if we look at them on a personal level, like, they have – they literally have no life outside of the sports – and and uh, and school, and so 
I mean, when we see those things of athletes getting in trouble, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, I kind of sympathize with them a little bit because I'm like, they literally have no life besides in the practice room, you know, like Clemson's building a miniature golf course, a slide, a, a lazy river, all that stuff. You're like, why are they doing on that? Well, they want them to be there all the time. And when you're there all the time, like, you didn't get to really experience college. I know some of these guys are like, well, I'm going to NFL, I don't need the college experience. But, you know, what is it like? it's a really small amount that actually get go from college to NFL. So a lot of these guys are missing missing out on valuable college experience. So they're not going to get any other time in their life. Um, so for me, number five, and maybe that's, that's too big of a point, but I would definitely pay college players. And again, I'm not saying substantial amounts. I'm not saying give them a million dollars over four years. I'm just saying give them enough. Like even if it's like a $30,000 living salary on top of their scholarship that they already get for school, like that's fine. And, and, and if they blow it on cars, they blow it on cars. I mean, Maybe hire on some people who are going to be their financial advisors too, um, and say, okay, like here, you're, we're going to give you thirty thousand for the year to live off of. This is what you should do with it. Don't go out and buy a bunch of cars, you know. And, and I'm not saying you're going to buy a bunch of cars at thirty thousand dollars, but I mean, anyway. So that, that's just my opinion. Like, I think they should be given some kind of livable wage outside of college or outside of their scholarship because they can't work. Like, I've, I've heard so many stories of guys who want to work, like get a part-time job, but they can't because their life is consumed uh, by the university. So. That's my number five. Yeah, Brad, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, an honorable mention for me was paying the players. I, I know that they've kind of put it in place already, maybe about 2022 or so, uh, that that's going to happen. Uh, definitely another honorable mention for me. Uh, I do play video games. We have a guy coming on later uh, who is also a big video game guy um, But uh, for an interview. But, um, you know, I, I want them to bring back NCAA football college football like I want them to bring back bring it back I mean um I was looking for the uh game from 14 uh not too long ago couldn't find it anywhere uh unless I wanted to play like an arm and leg and well you know listen I already only have one good one I only have one good arm and one good leg anyways so no no <laughs> that's a joke I have two good arms and two good legs for now I guess all right so my number four is uh, every power five conference team plays at least 10 conference games. So the SEC would not be able to play three non-conference games. And Notre Dame and BYU, this may have to force them to join a conference pretty much, um, which I, I get why they're not in a conference, but at the same time, I think that they should be in one. Um, but, yeah, Brad, so uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, my four is actually pretty similar to that. Not, not to the sense of playing so many conference games. I think even the Big 12 probably couldn't spot – 10 conference games unless they added another uh, team. I could be mistaken. I'm pretty sure they only have eight or nine teams in there. Uh, but um, in saying that, I will say that uh, I believe that there should be at least one, like out of your schedule, there should be one power five team that you're always playing. Now that could be a Clemson. That could be a, a rollover team like Rutgers. I, I, I don't know, but that, that's up to the school and other school they're trying to schedule. Uh, and then I think if you're going to add a, the 12th game in there, so let's just say we go with your, your 10 conference thing. Uh, you know, I think there should only be one al allowed one game of a group of five uh, or FCS. And, and I know you're like, well, you know, the SEC is so tough. They need those extra breaks. Well, look, put in buys or something, you know, like we, I mean, you're good. You're risking injury with your players or your padding stats. That, that That's the high risk, high reward that comes with playing FCS schools. And yeah, they get, they get paid. I mean, I went to UT Martin, University of Tennessee Martin. And the only reason why we have turf field is because we played South Florida back in 2007, I believe. And because of that, they gave us like half a million dollars and that allowed us to get a turf field. 
So I, I get I get why FCS schools wouldn't get killed by bigger schools. I, I think my alma mater is going to play Alabama this year. They don't stand a chance, but their guns are getting paid for it, and they're probably getting some national, um, you know, na- you know, they're getting some national attention uh, because they'll get they'll get they'll definitely show you Alabama highlights on ESPN. So um, in saying that, I, I get that they need the money that come from the bigger programs, but maybe that's something we figure out down the road a little bit later of how can we support the smaller programs without having them play the bigger schools. Because at the end of the day, if, we're, if this is all about the college football playoff, you playing three cupcake schools, is it like, as much as you're like, well, they need the break. Yeah, but as a fan, I don't, I mean, oh, it's an off day. Who cares about college football this Saturday? Because, you know, the only exciting game is, you know, pit at uh, Northwestern. You know, like, like oh, wow, that's, that's so exciting. And everybody else is playing Savannah State and Mississippi Valley State and, and everywhere in between. Um, so I don't know. So for me, I think it would make it more exciting for the fan. I know the FCS would have some issues and, and the smaller schools, but I, as a fan, I would like it if I saw more Clemson versus Ohio state, Ohio state versus Oregon, you know, schedule those games. I know they're going to be tough games, really, but if I lose the game out of the college football playoff, you should be wanting to schedule these games because if it's early in the season, a loss doesn't necessarily kick you out, but a win shows you how good your program is. So that's why Clemson's not afraid to schedule an A&M. Or, or another team that's going to force them to play well during the season. Like, I, w- I would love to see an Alabama versus an Ohio State, which I think they, they planned for da- a couple years down the road. But I want to see – I would love to see it now. Like, I would love to see Justin Fields versus an Alabama defense. Like, let, let's bring that up. Let's see how, how well he does. And maybe that – does it affect his Heisman? Sure, maybe it does. But at the same time, like, that should be a good game for us as fans, you know. So, anyway, that's my take on number four. I like that, though. I mean, I do think that – um, I, yeah, I do think that there has to be I, – like, I like conference play just because, you know, uh, I think, you know, the least amount – the less of conference games you play, I just think it looks bad, you know, personally. Uh, I, I think it just – you know, with, with, with the Big 12, you know, my thing about the Big 12 is, is yeah, I mean, why not, why not add more? I mean, you're just going to have more, too. Um, I think that there's a couple of teams you could probably add, too. But, uh, but yeah, and maybe if you don't want to add them, maybe that's where you put your bye weeks in at. Um, you know, it is it is. All right, so let's um, jump to number three, shall we? For me, number three is something I have been pandering about for a very long time, Brad. Not only do I want spring games to be televised, okay, uh, which I think that they are, uh, yeah, they are televised, but I want to go a little farther. I want spring games to be actual games, Brad. And I don't mean actual games like offense versus defense of of the, you know, UT Martin uh, Skyhawks, okay? I mean actual games like Auburn versus Alabama, OK State versus Oklahoma, Florida versus Florida State, Tennessee versus Fandy, Clemson versus South Carolina, Oregon versus Oregon State, uh, you know, Michigan versus Michigan State, so on and so forth. Or, or, since we're talking about FCS, Brad, maybe that's where you bring them in at. Maybe you bring them in on those types of games. Maybe you say, hey, Alabama, you're going to play UTM? Okay. Then how about in the springtime you play them? Um, I mean, you know, that way the FCS schools still get their money because it's a televised game. People are going to, 
You really think that people aren't going to fill that stadium? I mean, come on. It's an actual game. It's just not one that, you know, counts. And so, I don't know. I like the idea. I just liked it. You know, spring games, I, I think that they are televised. I don't think all of them are televised, but I think a lot of them are. Um, but, yeah, I want them to be actual games, Brad. And whether that's, you know, Alabama versus Auburn or that's Alabama versus UTM, either way, let's have a little let's have a little fun in the spring, shall we? Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And this is why, because I didn't even think about that. But, I mean, if you did bring in a small school that's getting paid a half a million dollars to lose to you, I mean, why not bring them in the spring? I mean, they're not – they're going to lose to you. You know that's going to happen. But it allows you to tweak tweak your – and you're like, well, you feel against your defense division one. You know, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be a true tune-up to, like, an Auburn, you know, UT Martin to an Auburn. But at the same time, you're getting some real uh, action. Um, and hopefully you feel more of a game than just a – I'm just going to screw around a little bit. Hopefully I get my, my, my starting position. So uh, – but I'm on number three, right? Is that what we're on? Is that, is that correct? Okay, so my number three is drop uh, bowl games on the 20. I think right now they have about 60. Uh, that is way too many. Um, so my point is, like, you, yes, the college football playoff, national championship. But we, do we really need Duke's Mayo Bowl or Myrtle Beach Bowl or a Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl or a SoFi Hawaii Bowl uh, or a Serpro First Responders Bowl? No, we don't. And, yeah, it might give the smaller schools some, some you know, publicity, but – I mean, I'm looking here. Let's say we have the Radiance. No, let's just throw out the Radiance. Let's not even worry about that. Let's say uh, we have the, uh, oh, uh, let's see, the Cheery Bundy Baca Roca Bowl. Okay, for one, I can't pronounce the name very well. Two, do I really want to see the AAC and the CS or the CUSA or MAC uh, go at it? I don't. I mean, that's why their stadiums aren't filled during bowl games. You have the fans, and I mean, there's a player that's dominant in that conference. Sure, but he's going to get the attention through social media, uh, through through highlights. Uh, I don't know if he needs necessarily another bowl uh, for him to go for 200 yards, you know, on the ground and say, oh, well, he's a lock because he went 200 yards against uh, Miami, Ohio, or Akron Zips. You know, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to watch that. I, I, I'm sorry for the small schools. We don't want to watch that. I'm sorry. I, I watch the bigger games, and if my teams happen to drop out of the bigger games and go to, say, the Citrus Bowl or – or something like that, yes, I watch it. But if they're going to go to the Cheez-It Bowl or the Red Box Bowl, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still not going to watch that game. I, I, there's just no point. And, and you wonder – and then you sit there and wonder why so many te- so many big-time college stars are saying, hey, I'm going to skip this bowl game. And, and, yeah, you get prizes, you get tons of gear, you get all this free stuff uh, from, the, from, the, from the, you know, the sponsors and all that stuff, and that's great. But other than that, I mean, besides maybe a glorified vacation – you know, why am I going to play a 6-6 six and six Northwestern team when we already beat them once this season? You know, like, if that's the case, if we're Western Michigan or something like that, like, why would we want to play them again? You know, already beat them. Why would I Why would I want to risk my career when the only chance I get as a small school prospect is what my season's already produced? You know, like, say a Corey Davis who plays for the Tennessee Titans. You know, if he would – he had a 1,200-yard season, broke records – Broken NCAA records, does he really need a bowl game to show you that he's a good receiver? Now, in saying that, you might disagree how good of a receiver he is in the NFL. But his and, like, the bowl game didn't really change the stock, if that means anything. So, uh, so I will get off this rant in just a second. I, I think for sure you need – I mean, you need the uh, – sorry about that. Oops. I actually didn't hang up on a guy who called me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, – Brad, that, that was a sponsor. <laughs> that, that was cheesy. Okay, calling you. All right, 
Okay. That's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. But either way, it should. It, yeah. So either way, it should be. It should be twenty bowls. I mean, you want to keep the big New York Six bowls. You want to keep the, you know, the college football bowls, like the the Capital One Orange Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl and the 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 Sugar Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl. Like, I think they're all like decent games to keep. But we don't need a Joe Schmo's Burgers some some bowl. You know, like we just don't need that. Go down to twenty. Go down to twenty max. You still get you still get small schools' attention. I like it. I like it, Brad. I do. Um, I think that you know. I think that going with less balls. I might be one of the few that actually enjoy the bowl. Like I, I don't watch all the bowl games, of course, but I do like that. There's a lot of them. I, I mean, I, I don't. I think that sixty is a bit much. Um, maybe have thirty. Maybe uh, I think it's one of those things where they try to get everybody, where they try to get at least half the conferences, at least half of the Power Five conferences into the um, into a bowl game. You know, at least half the Big Ten, at least half the SEC. You know, I think that you know you only have to win six games. But here's my thing. Speaking of six games, and I don't have this on my thing, but also maybe maybe bowl games and also maybe make it to where you have to win more games to get in. Why is it going to be six? Why can't it be seven or eight? You know, the thing is, is yeah, you're going to have a lot less teams, but if you have less bowls, then so what? You know, I don't know. I think a lot of teams definitely they're like, oh, well, listen, well, you know, we went four and 12 last year or four and uh, 10 last year, four and eight. Sorry, four and eight, and I'll get it right in a minute. But like we went four and eight last year, but now we're going, you know, and we're like, oh well, we're going to make a bowl game next year. Well, yeah, because you traded Alabama and Texas A and M for um, for the school for you know I don't know for the school for uh, helmet makers and the school for. Yeah, like you trade them for South Dakota and South Dakota State, North Dakota State. I, I don't know. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Of course you're going to make a bowl game. There you go. Like, I listen. And again, tell Mr. Cheese it that, sorry, but his bowl game maybe doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe if it was Cheese It's and Red Box together, that would work. I, I don't know. Either way, okay. So I like that idea, Brad. I like it. Expanding maybe not maybe not down to twenty. I like the idea more of making it harder to get to a bowl game. Make it. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's great that you make a bowl game, but okay, the six teams you faced didn't win a game, uh, or the six teams you beat didn't win a game. I mean, congrats, you know, BYU or something. All right. Um, so let me go to number two. For me, for me, it's easy. I want the play college football playoff to expand. Here's the thing, too, Brad, speaking of the bowl games. Let's expand the college football playoffs, and let's take the teams that were in that college football playoff, and let's take them out of bowl games. Let's not call them bowl games. You know, why do we have to, why do we have to call a college football playoff game the Citrus Bowl? Like, why do we have to call it that? I, I mean, it's a college football playoff. It has a 
it has a big enough name to it, don't it? I, I mean, that's my like. Oh, would you rather make? Would you rather be told you made the Citrus Bowl, Brad, or would you rather be told you made a playoff? I think that's what it would come down to. Now, anyways, that, that was not my point of this. So I think when you expand the playoffs to, to at least six teams, if you do six teams, then you can do like the top two have a bye, and then the you know three through six face off, and you know then you get a final four. You gotta get out of it. But I like eight teams because the top four would get a home games two weeks, two weeks. So you got two weeks to prepare after their conference championship games. Then you got four teams. Again, you just made ball games. Maybe maybe the losers go to. But let's not call, let's not call the other four teams, the other. You know, I'm just, I'm sorry, but no, just stop it, stop it, stop calling a college football game playoff game, which is already important enough, the Citrus Bowl. We got to – I don't know. I just um, – anyways, I, I, I digress again. I say that word again. I, I, I got a little tally sheet over here, and it's probably – it's already filled up. I've said I digress a lot. But, yeah, I like expanding the playoffs. I think it's great. Uh, Colin Cowherd says that uh, – I think he said to get rid of the playoffs again. He, he uh, says things to grab the attention of people. Uh, but, anyways, yeah, expand to eight teams. What is your number? Uh, so, Colin Coward actually says to keep it at four. Um, so, I, at first, so it's funny because you started talking. And I, I sent you a message saying that you stole my two. Uh, so, I won't try to go on as much of a rant as you. But if the NFL gets in trouble with money, maybe they can start calling their playoffs like, you know, the AFC uh, military wild card game or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I digress too. Um, I kind of like – so, I, I was playing around with this a little bit, like – you know, I want the college football playoff to expand, but what does that look like? Is 10 too many? Is 16 too many? Is, is four too, you know, is four not enough? Do we go back to two? I mean, so I was trying to figure out all these numbers. I think I like six. This is why I like six. I, I liked eight a lot. Uh, I agree with you, the four home games, all that stuff. Uh, I say six because this is why I like it. I think you give your top two uh, teams uh, buys. Uh, I think you let – I think you let uh, seeds three through uh, – Three through six, play it out. Three plays six, four plays five. Uh, and then you give those two teams that have buys, you even give them home field advantage. Like, I would even – I mean, yeah, you might be like, well, that's not cool. You know, we can hold more people at AT&T Stadium. Well, if LSU were to host, you know, the, the semifinal this past year, they could have hosted, you know, 110,000 people. You know, uh, Michigan holds 110,000 people. I mean, a lot of these bigger – there's still stadiums that host more than – professional uh i mean neelan yes neelan hosts like a lot of t- a lot of people too 108 i believe 109 uh but and, and all what i'm saying is that you take the top two teams and reward them for going undefeated now if you have three undefeated teams so well, that goes back to strength of schedule but you take your top two teams give them a bye say hey we're gonna let you host the home we're gonna host or let you host uh your games that are coming up out of the three six four five matchup we'll let you slap on a sponsorship sure let it be the capital one Bowl at Clemson, you know, like, sure, let's do that. You know, so say Clemson, Alabama finish two, well, then they get home games and they get rewarded for having the best season. Um, not, you know, you say, well, they should be a national championship then. No, 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 don't, don't do that. I mean, maybe number five is, uh, is a, you know, a at-large bid. Number six is a, is a group of five that are undefeated. And you're like, well, why would you do that? Well, you never know. They might give, you know, the three seed a run for their money and then get blown out by Clemson. I know it's not something you want to see, but – I think you got to give them something to, to work for too, as well. Uh, you know, at least the AAC or something like that. But um, 
But yeah, so anyway, six teams, first two teams by the also they get home games, their first game, and then after the first game, obviously you have the national championship. So uh, you had to let them have home games and then the national championship plays is played at a neutral site. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so, I mean, I get that was kind of the reason why I was with the six teams too. I was cool with that, you know? Um, so I think that, you know, with six teams though, you're going to have, you're going to have a lot of teams complain that they aren't number one or number two. I think that that's, I think you're going to have a lot more of those type of complaints uh, that they weren't number one or number two. Um, but I, I don't think that – I think that six teams would be great. All right. So, uh, I, anything better than four, personally. I, I think uh, – some people suggest 16. I really don't like 16. I'm like, uh, listen, it's football, you know. Like, like you could get it. You could put a big playoff system in, but I, I don't know. I, I think, like, with college, it's a little different. But eight teams, six, eight teams, you know, I don't think you really should go past that. I, I mean, if you – maybe 12, maybe. Um, but I – yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know the FCS, they, they do 16. So, yeah, they um, – maybe. I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't like – listen, I we all wanted – we all painted for a college football playoff. They finally gave it to us, and now we want more. I don't know. We're like – I, we're all like kids in a candy shop, you know, like, mom, can I have a lollipop? She gives us one lollipop. Mom, I'm done with that lollipop. Why can't I have two? You know what I'm saying? Like, we got we to gotta be more grateful. And so, anyways, so speaking of that, let's fix the issues. Let's fix the issues and let's – my number one is to have an actual president over college football. Now, don't give him too much power, him or her. Don't give them too much power, okay? You know, don't let them say – don't let them come out and just be straight up and be like, nope, there's no college football this year. Like, they've got to talk to the presidents of the each conference, okay? You know, it's got to be kind of like a – or what's – you know, it's got to be kind of like a, a union together, you know? But I think that there needs to be a president of the NCAA um, – just because I feel like it's not – I feel like that that would make it – I feel like that that would make it all – I mean, I feel like that that would make it go a lot smoother, I guess. And so, yeah, anyways, a president over college football – or a president over the NCAA, which would mean college football as well. Um, and then uh, – but don't give them too much power. Uh, but maybe give them uh, just enough, you know, just enough to make it worth it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, there is a president in the NCAA, but I definitely think one over the college football would work, uh, would help. Uh, you can treat the uh, – the uh, what is it? The college football yeah. playoff committee, you can kind of treat them as like your cabinet, I guess, where you, 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 you know, maybe, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? So that way you're not just making I – mean, that, that way you're not making it just a dictatorship. Uh, so I do like the idea of a president over college football playoff or college football in general. It's a really good idea. Um, I, I say my number. Well, you you said Mark Emery. And yes, I see on on my notes here. I have an actual president over college football, and mm. and and then I started saying NCAA. And once I said it, I was like, wait a second, there is one over the NCAA. Anyway, so I, I <laughs> I'm just trying to like make up for myself here. It says here have an actual president over college football. Not too much power, mm. buddy. That's my notes there. Uh, give you a little yeah. behind the well, scenes. 
Yeah, well, well, either way, I, I agree with that. I think having a president of some sort and keep treating the committee like a like a cabinet or even like a democracy would, would be great. Um, but my last one is, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm coming right off of, of Callan Cowherd's, but I totally agree with him when I say, when he says no neutral sites. Uh, and, I, and I know you're like, well, it was cool seeing LSU-Wisconsin play at Lambeau Field, you know, or it was, it was going to be cool to see whoever was going to play Lambeau Field this year, which uh, I'm blanking right now, but somebody was going to. Uh, it, it's cool to see college football played in these historic, you know, settings or, or maybe having Yankee Stadium host a, a college football game, you know, middle of the season uh, or late in the season after baseball is done. I mean, I, I think all that's cool. Don't get me wrong. But I think in the season, uh, I liked the fact that you have two big teams going head to head with a home and home. I, I think that's really cool. I think it's in the environment. You saw that with OU and, and, and Ohio State a couple years ago and when it was, you know, Baker and JT Barrett, and, and uh, it was cool. It was awesome to see, you know, Baker Mayfield take the OU flag and plant it right in the middle of Ohio State's uh, field. Now, he did eat his words when they play, when he played San Francisco this year uh, with Jerry Bosa or with uh, Nick Bosa, but, but it, it was cool to see two big programs going head-to-head at home. And you see at Notre Dame, Notre Dame usually doesn't play a whole lot of people outside of a home and home, so they play at USC. USC plays at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I, I like those games because it, it brings the home field advantage into it. It's not just like, oh, well, we're playing at AT&T Stadium. So, yeah, it seats 85,000 people, and it's huge. But it just feels like we're playing at this – like, it's just weird. You know, like, like you don't get a real true football envi- – like, college football environment with it. So, I would I would agree with Colin with saying my number one would be no, no neutrals. And I fought that one a lot. Like, I really did weigh the con- pros and cons a lot. But I really think I ended up on the side of no neutral sites because I wanted to see – like, it would be awesome to see maybe Miami go to Wisconsin and, and getting to see, you know, Miami experiencing a whole jump around, uh, you know, tradition that they have. Like, it's, it's awesome. So, I, I think I think no neutral sites is a good idea. Um, I guess I like neutral sites. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember – a couple of years back, it was Virginia Tech versus uh, the Tennessee Volunteers at Bristol. Um, now, I had someone who, at that time, I mean, he was a friend and a co-worker. And whatnot. He's still a friend, but he's not a co-worker anymore, who actually went to that game. And he said that that was just one of the coolest experiences he's ever went to. Now, he went to UT Knox. Uh, so, he went to, you know, like every Tennessee Volunteer home game. So, you know, he's been to the home environment. He's also – now he's been to Bristol, and I just thought that was really, you know, I, I think the neutral site games are awesome, um, but at the same time, um, I see where you're coming from, because I think that college football, it's more, I think a, I think a college, I think a home field advantage in college football is a bigger deal than a home field advantage, say, in the NFL. You know, um, I think that college football, like, I think that they have more dedicated fans, in my opinion. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I think that they have – I think that they could get rowdier too. And so having it at home, it's great. But I like your number – I'd like it. I mean, I like, you know, no neutral sites. I don't know if I'd say – what. What if, did you did you say something about the college football? Like, what about the national championship? Would you rather that be at a neutral site or at a – or at home? Yeah, so when I did when I did the uh, the top, only only had twenty bowls. So like you take your eight that you usually have, um, the big ones, and then you add in like twelve smaller bowls for the smaller teams to get national attention if they want to do that. Uh, but I would say for college football playoffs, yeah. So if we did six, you have two you have two 
uh, top two get by and home field advantage on the semifinal game. And then in the championship, it's a neutral site. So Jerry World, uh, Mercedes-Benz, Superdome, Superdome in New Orleans, uh, you know, the new Las Vegas stadium, whatever the case may be. Uh, I think that's a good idea. But I, I think, I don't know, I think a neutral site would be great for, say, a, a national championship compared to a playoff game where I, I think home field advantage plays. I mean, if you're – I know NFL and college are different, but if you play a game in Seattle during the playoffs, I mean, that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, and I think that the same could be said again, you know, if, if uh, let's see, Alabama had to go to Ohio State in December, in January, had to play them in the horseshoe, changes the whole ballgame. So that's just my opinion. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I like it. All right, Brad, that is our top five, or that is the five reasons why we, or five things we would do to change college football, uh, in our opinion, for the better. So let's jump into our golden point of faith. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Robert. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Like, like Robert said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to do a, a God of Miracles uh, and relate, you know, miracles in sports to miracles in the Bible. Uh, because, again, you know, it, I think it is strange. Would we, would, would, he, would we have been more excited if Jesus healed a blind man the same time we're watching the kick six? Like, would we be like, oh, man, oh, man, like, no, I got, oh, what time? I mean, I remember that game. I was jumping up and down. I didn't even know what was going on. But I was just jumping up and down because it was just a crazy moment. Um, but, yeah, so so we're going to go into God of Miracles, uh, not to condone anybody on where they feel as far as miracles go. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be a good, a good little series. Uh, yes, I'm a pastor at heart, uh, but I'm also a sports minister, so I'm not going to get super preachy on you, I promise. Uh, but anyway, my thing is, what, what is a miracle? Like, what are some, something we think about when we think of a miracle? Is it someone being healed from cancer? Is it, uh, is it some, you know, is it a kick six? Is it, is it a miracle, you know, is it a miracle on ice? Uh, uh, is it a miracle that we were able to survive the tornado? Uh, you know, there, there's several things. We think of miracles. Miracles are really the things that happen uh, supernaturally that we really just can't explain. You know, like, if Jesus, Jesus hired a blind man today, uh, we would have no way to explain that. We, we wouldn't. It would defy science and, and everything, and, and logic and everything else. And so, uh, my favorite miracle from the Bible is is out of John uh, nine with the blind man, where Jesus puts the mud on his eyes and he goes and washes it off, and he can see it. And really, it's not even necessarily with the miracle, but the fact that the disciples ask him, you know, what what did the man do? What what did his family do for him to end up like this? He's like, it's nothing. It's strictly for the glory of God. Uh, and, but we'll get that to it. We'll, we will do that another day. That's that's down the road. Uh, today, I, I want to talk about really, uh, you know, Moses and, and the Israelites in the and part of the Red Sea. But I want to relate that first to it to a, a a sports miracle. So, what's the sports miracle? And I told Robert this, and he seemed pretty excited. Uh, it's the Music City miracle. It happened June eighth, two thousand. So, or it's not not June eighth, January eighth, two thousand. So, a little, just a little bit over twenty years ago. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills and, and the Tennessee Titans are on back and forth game, really a defensive game, not an offensive game. Uh, and the Bills go down the field and kick a late field goal uh, with 16 seconds left to go up 16-15. Uh, the Titans had the, kind of their back to their wall. Uh, I was reading an article earlier today, just a little bit on the inside look of, of the Mir Music City Miracle. And uh, it was really funny because uh, Kevin Dyson says he wasn't even, like, he wasn't even part of the, part of the original plan. Um, Derek Mason had a concussion, and whoever else was supposed to go in besides him was cramping up really bad. And so Coach Fisher goes up to him and says, hey, Dyson, we're going to do the home run throwback, all right? So I want you behind, I want you 10 yards behind Frank Wycheck. There's only a chance. I want you as far as you can to get in the field goal range. 
And Dyson said, uh, Coach, I, I haven't even paid attention to that, uh, that play in practice. And he said, all right, we're going to do, do a crash course, but we're going to put you in there, all right? So they put Kevin Dyson in there. Uh, you know, uh, what his name was uh, Lowry, I think. Is, Christy Lowry is the Bills kicker. Uh, he was supposed to do a push kick. He actually wasn't even in the, the, the huddle. And so he goes out there to do a regular kick. And his teammates are like, hey, like, we need you to do a pooch kick. That's what Coach said. And so they're planning on doing a pooch kick. Uh, they kick it. The ball, you know, goes in Lorenzo Neal's hands and a few others. It eventually gets to Frank Wycheck's hands, uh, Ron Wycheck, uh, who Dyson's supposed to be 10 yards behind him. Uh, and, and But the guy in front of him fell down. So he actually tries to catch up to Wycheck. He's actually wound up being 10 inches uh, they said 10 inches from Frank Wycheck. He catches the ball off the lateral, and his goal is to get out of bounds in field goal range. Uh, but as he looks up, he said everything just kind of froze. Or it just went completely silent. And all he saw was all his blockers on his Tennessee Titans team, and he saw the kicker and, like, one other Bills player in front of him in the goal line. And, you know, he doesn't go out of, he doesn't go out of bounds. He runs in for the touchdown. They win 22-16 to win the game. Uh, and it's known forever, forevermore as the Music City Miracle. Uh, they go on to lose one yard short. Uh, that was an exciting game in and of itself uh, to the Rams in the 2000 Super Bowl. Uh, but it is known forevermore as the Music City Miracle because it was something that happened that no one expected. And just like that, I mean, you go to Exodus 14 and, you know, Moses goes to, to the Egyptians and says, hey, I need you to set my people free, the Israelites, God's people. And Pharaoh just keeps giving him a hard time. He's like, all right, well, you're going to get 10 plagues. So, what were they? The blood, you know, water into blood, the frogs, the gnats, portal ice, whatever you want to call it there, uh, flies, the dead livestock, the boils, the fire and hell, the locust grasshoppers, the darkness, and the death of the firstborn. And he uses these plagues to get to Pharaoh. And finally, after the, the, the loss of his only, his firstborn son, Pharaoh says, you know what? You guys get out of here. I'm tired of this. I can't handle this anymore. Just, just get out of here. And so you're like, well, is that the miracle? Well, no, the miracle is coming up. So the Israelites are like, cool. And he's like, you can have stuff. You know, we'll give you gold. We'll give you silver. Just get out of here. So the Israelites are going down down into the wilderness. You know, they're getting guided by a cloud, a pillar of clouds in the, in the daytime and a pillar of fire at nighttime. And they get up to the Red Sea, and they're like, um, so Moses, are you planning on having some boats for us? Or, or, you know, are we supposed to swim with our donkeys across? Like, how is that going to work? He's like, I don't know. Let me think about it. Well, as he's thinking about it, you know, all of a sudden, they hear the Egyptians come down in the chariot. So, so Pharaoh changes his mind. And he goes back as the like, we can't lose all this slave power. What are we doing? And so, uh, so Pharaoh and his army goes out there in his chariots, and he's, they, start, they hear the chariots, and they're like, Moses, like, why did you bring us out here? Is it, were you, were your, was your whole plan just to, to kill us? Like, it probably was better for us just to stay in Egypt. And at that point in time, God says, hey, man, like, I need you to – I'm paraphrasing. He doesn't say, hey, man, in the Bible. But, hey, man, like, I need you to raise your, raise your, raise your hand with your staff, and you're, I'm going to part the Red Sea. And I say, all right, God, like, that's what you say you're going to do. I'm going to listen to you because you've shown up time and time again with the plagues and whatnot. And so he parts the Red Sea. The people go through, and this is kind of the last chance. Like, the, the, you know, the, pharaohs, the pharaoh and the Egyptians, okay, we had these guys. They're trapped. They can't go anywhere. And all of a sudden, the, the sea literally parts. And, and, and the Israelites were able to walk across the sea and get to the other side. When the chariots are down chasing them, uh, you know, when all the Israelites are out, God closes up the sea on top of the chariots and, and the Egyptians, and they die. And I know you can sit there and say, well, God's an evil God. I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he is. But uh, he provided for them, and he, he did a miracle. You know, I don't know anybody else who can just go up the water with a stick and uh, see so it just part ways so you can walk across the lake. You know, no one's doing that to the Atlantic Ocean nowadays or to the Great Lakes. You know, it, it's not happening. Uh, but God provided that through Moses. And I just want to leave you with this. So that is the miracle, Music City Miracle. 
and then God parting the Red Sea for the Israelites to get across. And I'll leave you with this first, and then we'll close, we'll close it out in, in, in the episode. But Exodus 14, 14, so this is God speaking to the Israelites. He says, you will, not, you will not have to do anything but stay calm. The Lord will do the fighting for you. Man, imagine that, like life going on, COVID, uh, cancer, a loss of job, a, a loss of a, a loved one. You know, uh, my dad right now is about to lose his, his wife to cancer, um, my stepmom. Um, you know, and, and out of all this craziness, um, God says, hey, let, let me do the fighting for you. And, and obviously there's some time action we have to take, but at the same time, knowing that we can't do this alone, we have to fully surrender ourselves and live second to God, like I've said before, uh, because God's going to take care of us. So that, that's what I have, Robert. Uh, God bless you guys. Uh, and if you have any prayer, even if you have prayer, you listen to this, like, I, want, I need you to pray for me. I, I want to talk to you. Reach out to us. Send us a message on the Facebook page, and I will reach out to you personally through my email. So uh, or call you, whatever, whatever the case may be. So anyway, Robert, thank you, sir. Amen, Brad. Amen. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments and go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.